This morning we finish up our series on Elisha, talking about a ridiculous recovery. Now, in order to recover something, you have to what? Lose something, right? And there's really no difference between losing something and misplacing something. Either way, there's something you have to find that you've lost. It drives me crazy when I misplace things, especially when they're right in front of me. Anybody ever lose their sunglasses and find they're right on top of your head? I hate that. I was going through this this morning. I usually get here about 7 in the morning on Sundays and the worship team gets here and I spend time back in this little corner reading through my message. And I'm reading through this section about losing something to start out to talk about you guys. Like sometimes my wallet, I lose it and it's right on the table where I left it. Well, I'm going through this and I get a phone call from my wife, Brenna. She says, I can't find my purse. I said, honey, I'm in the middle of working on this message about losing stuff. I don't need to hear you talk about losing your purse. And so I'm trying to backtrack everywhere we went in the past two days where her purse could be. We went to the Hall of Fame, hadn't been there all my life. We went there, and I thought, okay, she left it there. And so what I do, I, check, I go on my phone, check my bank account because the debit card's in there, and my heart starts racing, but I'm supposed to be focusing on a message about losing something, right? It tries, she did find it, by the way which is good news for all of us here this morning. But I just hate it when I misplace something and lose something. Anybody ever lose their keys or their phone? Right? Drives you crazy. What I want to do this morning is talk about losing something. Not something physical, but something spiritual. It's easy to follow Jesus for a while, and lose your passion for God along the way if you're not careful. There are many believers who kind of fade away. They even lose their joy for what serving and loving Jesus at one time to them was the main thing. And sometimes they have a hard time finding it. And maybe you used to have a huge spiritual heart, but now that heart has kind of faded along the way. As we look at the prophet Elisha, we finish up this series looking at him. We're going to look at one of the strangest miracles in the Bible. In fact, maybe, just maybe, you've never even heard of it. Of all the miracles that Elisha performed, and there were some really important ones, He healed a poisoned body of water and saved a community. He raised a boy from the dead. He healed a commander named Nahum of leprosy. He blinded an entire army to move things forward for God in battle. Last week, we learned that Elisha miraculously multiplied oil for a widow who would have lost her two sons after losing her husband. A lot of significant miracles But today's miracle is different. If you brought your Bibles or if you have your phone on your Bible app, 
or you can watch on the screen. Turn to 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. Here's the context of the story. If you remember, Elisha was mentored by Elijah, and now we see Elisha mentoring a whole new generation of young prophets. All these young prophets want to learn from him, and what happens is the building they were meeting in got to be too small, so they had to build a bigger building. And that's where we pick it up, 2 Kings chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. The company of the prophets said to Elisha, look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let's go to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole and let us build a place there for us to meet. And he said, go. Then one of them said, won't you please come with your servants? I will, Elisha replied. And one of them was cutting down a tree with cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Let me push a pause button here and imagine he's cutting down the tree and then all of a sudden, (laughs) right? Plop. The axe head falls into the river, comes off, falls into the river, and for all he knows, it's gone. He says, oh no, my Lord. And when he showed him the plate, oh no, my Lord, he cried, it was borrowed. The man of God asked, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick, threw it in there, and made the iron what? Float. Lift it out, he said. Then the man of God reached out his hand and took it. There it is. That's the miracle for today. Elisha throws a stick into the river and makes the iron axe head float, allowing the one who lost it to find it. Doesn't seem like a great miracle compared to all the rest, but let me give you some quick facts about this miracle. Number one, God sees our needs, even the smallest, and he cares for us. God sees our needs, even the smallest, and he cares for us. Iron was very valuable at that time. It was hard to come by. This guy loses his ax head. It was like an, he was like an understudy prophet, likely very poor, similar to a college student, living on student loans, eating peanut butter cracker cookies and a can of soup at night, very poor. And so he really didn't have the money to replace it. He could be called what was a nonprofit prophet, right? He was very, very poor. He loses something, and then Elisha shows up and gets it back. It may seem odd that God even cares about an accent. You guys heard that? Why does God even care about an axe head in the bottom of a river? But that's good news for you and me. Because that says to you and I that no matter what we're going through, no matter what life throws at us, God cares. 
Get a toothache? God cares. Car won't start? God cares. Lose your glasses on top of your head? Yeah, God cares. Lose a loved one? God cares. Not much to be thankful for this Thanksgiving season? God cares. Our big God cares about every detail of our life, no matter how small that detail is. He cares. Why? Why does God even care? Because you are God's child. You are his creation. You are the most precious thing in the world to him. You see a sign every week when you come into this building. It's one of our three signs that we want people to see around this place. And it says, you matter to God. You matter to God. Say this with me. I matter to God. Say it. One more time. I think about the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6. You'll know these words. He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. God sees, God knows, God cares about the big things and about the little things you experience and go through in life. Second thing about this miracle that it tells us, God knows how to help you find what you lost. God knows how to help you find what you lost. Those of you who have lost something in spiritual nature need to be reminded that one of God's specialties is restoration. One of God's greatest gifts is restoration and bringing things back whole. In our story, the young man, lost, young prophet lost his ax head. That was his sharp edge to cut down the trees, to contribute to this new building that needed to be built. And this was super important. Remember, the greatest thing he had was an axe head to contribute. And Dave Boone laughed at my axe this morning. He says, your uh, axe looks a little rusty. <laughs> yeah, he used it in a long, long time. It doesn't really have a sharp edge. It doesn't have a sharp edge. What happens from a spiritual perspective when you lose your edge? This isn't sharp at all. When you lose your spiritual edge, what do you do? Well, some of you might say, well, I, don't have, I haven't lost it. I, I haven't lost my spiritual edge. I, I, mean, I am sharp right now. I'd, I celebrate that with you. That is awesome. And whatever you're doing right now to keep that sharp edge, keep doing it. Keep doing it and bring people around you and show them how to get it. But I think for most of us, if we are honest, 
Our edge, our spiritual edge, isn't as sharp as it maybe once was or could be. How do you get that back? Maybe it's because you're hanging around friends who maybe don't pull you up, but they pull you down. You're not as committed as you once were because of the people you hang around. Maybe there was a time when you served in the church. It was a thrill for you to use your gifts for the glory of God, for his church. Even though it was frustrating at times, it it was fulfilling. But you got busy. You got busy with life. You got busy with kids. You got busy with your business. You got busy with sports. And you just stopped serving. Maybe you said, I'm just going to take a break for a season. But that season has never ended. And you've lost your spiritual edge. Because you forget what it is to be used by God and make a difference with the one and only life that he's given you. If you're really honest with yourself, maybe your standards have eroded a little bit. Years ago, you had strong Christian values. You say, I'm not going to do that. There's no way I want to do that and hurt the God I love and serve. But over time, your moral compass and your values maybe have shifted a little bit. Maybe friends or coworkers, family members said, oh, come on, just relax a little bit. Just skip this one week of worship. God's not really going to care. And before long, you start, started cutting corners and doing things you never would have considered doing before. Here's the reality. Every follower of Jesus can lose their spiritual edge if they're not on high alert. If they're not on high alert. Why? Because you and I have an enemy whose only goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. And Satan roams around like a roaring lion seeking to devour you. That's his only purpose, is to take you out. And don't miss this. The greatest tactic Satan uses against us to lose our spiritual edge is distraction. Distraction. For him, dividing our attention is just as good as getting us to abandon our faith altogether. How many of you would agree this world is full of distractions, right? More than ever before, there are distractions in this room. And Satan will use that tactic more than anything else to divide our hearts. And when our hearts are divided, we're lukewarm and our spiritual edge is gone. Revelation 3.16, Jesus talks about it. He says, so because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. When you're distracted, when you're only a part-time follower of Jesus, 
you're in trouble. Your spiritual edge will be gone. Questions. Have you become a full-time parent and a part-time follower of Jesus? Have you become a full-time entrepreneur and a part-time follower of Jesus? Have you become a full-time student and a part-time follower of Jesus? I mean, you didn't mean to stop praying with your spouse, but you did. You didn't mean to fall back into your bad habits, but you did. You didn't mean to stop reading your Bible, but you did. You didn't mean to put money ahead of your relationship with Christ, but you did. You didn't mean to become a part-time follower of Jesus, but that's exactly what's happened because you weren't on high alert. What do you do when you're swinging away at life and your edge falls off? What do you do about that? Well, I got some great news. Listen close. I promise, I promise you that no matter where you are, no matter how sharp, dull, or non-existent your spiritual edge is, it's not too late to get it back. It's never too late to get it back and become a full-time follower of Jesus again. As we look at this miracle of Elisha, I want to quickly share with you two ways that you can get your spiritual edge back. Here's number one. Be honest about where you lost it. Be honest about where you lost it. Verse six, the man of God asked, where did it fall? In other words, the ax head isn't gone. It's just misplaced. It's where you left it. And I would ask, where did you lose your spiritual edge? Think back, honestly. <clears throat> Think back on your life. Oh, yeah, I remember. I remember when I made that wrong turn. I remember when I made that choice. I remember when I started dating the wrong guy, wrong girl. I remember when I quit reading, quit praying, quit serving because it was the easiest thing to do for me. Think back, where did you lose your spiritual edge? What or who caused it to happen? Secondly, do something to get it back. The truth is God will always do his part, but we must do our part. Verses six and seven again. The man of God asked, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a what? Cut a stick, threw it in there, and made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. The man, of God, the man reached out his hand and took it. What action did the young prophet take? He lifted out the axe head, right? All right? Say this with me. Lift it out. Louder like you're telling somebody to do something. All right? He had to do something to get back what he lost. God raised it to the surface, but he had to take action on his own. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about digging ditches. Remember? I had a shovel up here. I said, God will provide the water, but you have to dig a ditch. 
Last week, you talked about the oil, but you had to have a jar. This week, God will move, but you've got to lift it out. You've got to lift out the axe head. It's within your reach, but you have to decide to do something to get it back. Caution. When we finally decide, okay, I got this. With God's help, I'm going to get my spiritual edge back. I'm going to do this. There's going to be a tiny voice in the back of your head that says, no, you can't. It's been way too long. You've let down too many people. You've let down God too many times. You can't do this. You'll never get it back. It'll never be the same as it was between you and God. I want you to know that that little voice is a lie. It's a lie. Don't listen to it. The truth is, it's not too late to get back what you, never, what you thought you never could again. It's not too late to have what you used to have by the power of God. You have not gone too far. There's no such thing as going too far where God can't restore and bring you back. I love what Revelation 2, 4, and 5 says. Jesus speaking to the church, much like you and I here today, he said, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you've fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. Jesus said, compared to where you started, you're not even in the same ballpark anymore. Once you recognize that, then repent, apologize, come home, turn from your sin, get away from your apathy, get away from your complacency, repent, and do the things you did at first. If you want what you once had, you must do what you once did. Get that? If you want what you once had, you must do what you once did in the first place. God will cause it to come back to the surface, but you have to lift it out. You have to do something. I can't tell you exactly what that looks like for you. It looks like something different probably for each one of us to get our spiritual edges back. The first thing I would say to you is open your eyes. Open your eyes to the spiritual war that's going around you, on around you. Maybe to do that, you need to get out of your, sur your surroundings. Go on a mission trip. Get in contact with people who are hurting, less fortunate than you. Maybe it means coming in contact with those who are less fortunate, even in Medina, Medina County. One of the best things to do to open your eyes to the works of God is to get around pe people who God's heart is breaking over. Get out of your own zone. Open up your eyes to God's heart. Maybe you need to fast for a period of time. You say, oh, Jeff, that's a great thing to talk about after Thanksgiving, right? Well, I don't mean going on a diet. 
I mean, fasting for a period of time where your hunger will drive you to your knees into God's heart. Maybe you need to recommit to starting the day off to reading God's word, spending time in prayer, where the first time you pray throughout an entire day isn't when you close your eyes at night. You see, when you love God, you have a strong desire to know him, to not just to know about him, but to know him. And there's a big difference. Knowledge comes from a relationship with Jesus, true knowledge, true love of him. Do whatever you can to build that relationship. This Wednesday night, Midweek Medina resumes right here in this room, 7 o'clock. Get to know Jesus some more. Maybe you need to invest more into the kingdom of God and less into your own kingdom. There's another one. Last week, you guys were awesome at this. There's an angel tree out in the lobby today. If you look at that tree, last week when you entered into this building, It was covered in carts of kids that had needs, families that have needs. When we left here last Sunday, all the carts are gone. All the carts are gone. Today it's in the lobby and there's not a card on it. You can celebrate that. Isn't that awesome? That's developing your spiritual edge. By the way, those gifts are due back next week, all right? Also, we had a special love offering last week. I am so encouraged. Through both campuses, the love offering was over $50,000. That means for hurricane relief, we're going to be sending over $35,000 to IDES to help people who are in need. It also means... We're going to be giving December 15th, Oasis of Hope folks are going to be back here, and you and I are going to be able to hand them a check for over $15,000 to help young moms and families right here in Medina. Isn't that cool? That's just awesome. That's developing your spiritual edge. We say, Jeff, how does giving freely and generously and sacrificing back to God, how does that help? Well, good question. But when we freely give and we generously give of what God has blessed us with, he responds by giving you your spiritual edge back, giving you your spiritual heart. Our God is a God of restoration. He helps us get back whatever it is we've lost. Listen to these words from Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 2 through 4. He writes, And when you and your children return to the Lord, your God, and obey him with all your heart and with all your soul, according to everything I've commanded you to command you today, then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where he scattered you. 
even if you've been banished to the most distant land under the heavens, from there the Lord your God will gather you and bring you back. I don't know where you are spiritually today. I don't know in what ways you might be hurting. I don't know how far you might have drifted away. But you need to know when it comes to God, there's no such thing as too far. There's no such thing as too far. There's no hurt that he can't heal. There's no soul that he can't save. There's no axe head that he can't raise. And that includes yours. So what does God want from you? When he puts something within your reach, when he wants you to lift it out, remember this. It's your job to do what you can do. Then trust God to do what you cannot do. It's your job to do what you can do. Then trust God to do what you cannot do. How many of you can make an axe float? No, crazy, crazy. But you can lift it out when God makes it float. And God gives you the ability to reach it. There's something powerful when you speak truth out loud. That's why oftentimes I'll say, repeat that after me. Lift it out, lift it out, because it sinks in. And so I'm going to ask you to stand, and we're going to do a little exercise as I close. I'm going to read a series of questions, and I want you to respond by saying, yes, I can. All right, let's practice so you know where we're going here. Say, yes, I can. Okay, now I want you to, I don't know if you can walk to the car with that. Yes, I can, all right? Yes, I can. Here we go, one more time. Yes, I can. Awesome. Can you choose to worship even when you don't feel like it? Can you choose to pray even when you don't think God's listening? Can you choose to read the Bible daily even if you don't understand everything in it? Get a little weaker. All right? Come on. Can you choose to be intentionally generous even when it doesn't make sense? Yes. Can you choose to share your faith with others even when you don't know all the answers? Can you choose to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind and strength even when things aren't going your way? Can you choose to follow Jesus even when the rest of the world rejects them. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And you can get your spiritual edge back with God's help. All you got to do is believe in the power of God that's inside of you by his spirit and trust that God can make it happen. Father, we thank you so much. God, that you loved us enough 
method for every single person in here. We matter so much to you that you allowed your son Jesus to enter in this world to be crucified on a cross, to die in our place, and to be raised from the grave. And God, you promise us that same power that brought Jesus back from the grave is inside of us as believers. God, may we rely on that power. May we rely on your strength of your spirit living inside of us as believers. And no matter how dull our spiritual edge is right now, God, by that power, may you make us sharp. God, if there's someone here this morning that has truly lost their spiritual edge in a big, big way, God, let them come up as we sing this song or after the message. God, we'd love, those of us on the stage here would love to pray with them. Love to give them the support that they need to get that edge back. And God, if there's someone in this room who has never, ever even had a spiritual edge because they've never had a relationship with your son, Jesus, God, let this be the day that they step forward during the song, after the service, wherever it may be, God, and say, I want to know what that's about. I want to know how to get that because you can't have a spiritual edge without Jesus in your heart. We pray all this in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. Amen.